thank you for joining us for episode 7, part 4, where we're going to be investigating uh, the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 67 through 79. So if you will, take a moment to read over Luke, chapter 1, verses 67 through 79. Uh, I really preferred to look at the voice. Uh, it was a great translation to see who's talking, especially uh, when it comes to Zechariah. Uh, but really the big idea of this scripture is that Zechariah's prophecy about the birth of Christ shows us how deep and never-ending the generosity of God are. Uh, just because he gave us his, his son, uh, his only son, proves that he was incredibly generous. And here's a little bit about the book of Luke. It's just some background as you read through Luke chapter 1 on your own. That eyewitness accounts in the Gospel of Luke just show how Jesus fulfilled Old Testament prophecy by relating to the covenant between God and Israel. Luke is also unique in the fact that it documents how Jesus expands God's kingdom and covenant by creating a new Israel that includes the poor, the outcast, and others to whom Jesus brings restoration and reverses their life circumstances. He gives them freedom and release from things like evil and sin. That God is somehow creating an upside-down kingdom of which not the powerful or the rich are in power, but that the marginalized and the poor and the outcast are the focus. And throughout the book, we see that Jesus is indeed the Messianic king who will reign over Israel, not by power, but by suffering. His actions usher in an opposite kingdom marked by love. And he challenges each of us and his disciples through this to follow his example and share in his ministry which means that we share in his suffering. That During the time of Jesus, Jewish life was centered around the temple in Jerusalem, and priests were responsible for the temple activities. They were responsible from everything from greeting religious pilgrims as they came in to offering sacrifices of cattle, sheep, goats, and even doves. That animal sacrifices may sound strange to us, especially in our modern context, but in the ancient world, they were quite common. Uh, the slaughter of animals was a daily experience. It was part of any meal uh, that included meat. Uh, and this meal often brought together Jewish families from far and near, uh, seeking to affirm their connection to the one true and living God. Their gift of animals is their contribution to the meal, and so forth would really make them remember the sacrifice system. Also, the presentation of the blood and the meat of these sacrifices is accompanied by several prescribed rituals performed by priests wearing prescribed ornate clothing according to a prescribed schedule. You probably heard the word prescribed at least three times in that sentence. In other words, there was lots and lots of rules of preparation and cleansing. If you want to check those out, you can go over and read the book of Leviticus. Uh, but as the story continues, these solemn rituals were interrupted in an unprecedented way. They were interrupted by the birth of two extraordinary children. Simply, two children disrupt the largest organized worship experience ever created up until this point. And our story begins contrasting, in the book of Luke, two married couples. One is the birth of John the Baptist by Zechariah and Elizabeth, and the other is Jesus by Mary and Joseph. Both are stories of unlikely children being born under incredible circumstances, and both have poems recorded after their birth, one from Mary and the other from Elizabeth. But remember after the birth news of the children, 
Zechariah and Joseph both responded in unbelief in their own way. One secretly planned to divorce his wife, and the other was made mute by God's messenger, as he did not believe his wife could have a child at such an old age. Remember this important thought. Zechariah was a working priest in the temple, but priests did not normally hear from God. Those who heard from God were called prophets, not priests. One becomes a priest by being naturally born of a priestly line. Uh, Prophets, on the other hand, arise unpredictably and have no special credentials except the message that they carry. So Zechariah had no reason to believe his duties would be interrupted in any way. Often in the biblical story, we see when people receive a message from God after getting over the initial shock of it, they started asking questions. They often push back and they often doubt. Sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, we push back as well and we doubt. That God often interrupts our normal duties in extraordinary ways. My question to you is, what is the last thing God did to get your attention? Let's get back to the children being born. We'll start with John. John is the prophetic messenger who prepares Israel to meet God. Jesus, on the other hand, is the messianic king who will bring God's reign and blessing. Both have incredible parts to play in the gospel story. The birth of these children mirrors the Old Testament story of Abraham and Sarah. They were also old in age and could not produce children. They were promised descendants, and they had grown doubtful of God's provision. We know, though, that's not the end of the story, that God gives Abraham and Sarah a son, and they name him Isaac. This is very important to the book of Luke. The book of Luke was written to the nation of Israel. And who is the father of the nation of Israel? Well, of course, that's Abraham. The story is made complete with the Christ child, Jesus, meaning God saves. The story paints an incredible picture of a God that provides. God in the beginning, the Old Testament, is benevolent and provides Isaac. God in the New Testament is generous and provides Jesus. God is always providing, and Luke paints this picture of God provides in the past, the present, and the future. The reality of this story is that God simply is generous. It's his nature. Because of his generosity, we need to be generous as well. If God echoed provision through the Old Testament prophets, completed all prophecies to prove to mankind that God is loving, generous, sovereign, and perfect, then we too need to mirror the example. This brings up the question, what is generosity? Generosity is an action that typically requires sacrifice. And many of you probably, when you hear that word sacrifice, you're probably thinking, yikes because many of us probably give up a lot. But there is no way that we can both be generous and be ungenerous. Uh, probably the best example of a non-generous character would be the Grinch from Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, we know that he's not really generous with much anything. In fact, he hates hearing the sound of the Who sing and decides to go to Whoville and steal everything from the Christmas tree to the gift uh, to even the stockings hanging above the fire. And so how can we be generous? We can start by knowing that God has ample supply of what he provides and is able to give exceedingly in abundance more than we could ever ask or think. That comes directly out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. 
But during the Christmas holiday and the new year, we see this generosity displayed and how the Father gives generously by providing his Son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation of the world. If the Father can give a sacrifice as big as his own Son without having a Grinch-like attitude, then in his power and not our own, we too can make sacrifices and be generous and loving towards others. The question we must ask ourselves is, do we make sacrifices and are we generous? During the holiday, we typically give gifts to our loved ones to show our love and appreciation. However, with the miraculous conception of Mary and the birth of Christ, God the Father gave one gift that manifested into multiple gifts. This is kind of the point, that we can afford to be generous because God gave us the ultimate gift. So let us today be generous so that we too can give the world many gifts, gifts that will bring out the goodness of God and show others that he is loving, that he is kind, and that he does give all. Uh, I pray that as you celebrate the holidays, the Christmas season, uh, Epiphany, and also the New Year, uh, that God blesses you richly. And uh, feel free to drop some likes or check out our Facebook page at the Salvation Army of Hot Springs. May God bless you today. Thank you.